hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 216 of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips for small business owners. Today's sponsors are Text Expander, Restrict Content Pro, and MindSize. You'll hear about them later in the episode. But first, I want to bring in our guest for today. His name is Stephen King. He is the president and CEO of Growth Force. And we're going to be talking about solving the pricing problem today. Stephen, how are you? I'm great, Joe. Good to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. I've got to say right off the bat, I'm sure this is the first time you've ever heard this, but my wife saw Stephen King on my calendar and uh, <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> it's like, different. You know, it's, the fir- it's the first time today that I've heard that. <laughs> Definitely the first time today. Perfect. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for, for joining us today. I'm really excited about this because I've I've been uh, self-employed or freelancing since high school, and pricing has always been such a hard problem to solve. I think a lot of people kind of uh, undersell themselves. Probably they're worried that they're going to charge too much, and then they'll lose business and things like that. But we're going to get into all of that and lots of cool stuff uh, I have in our notes. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, Growth Force. We're an outsourced bookkeeping, accounting, and controller service for companies that use QuickBooks that are worried about getting accurate data to make decisions. They're frustrated because their financial statements are they're not on time, they're not accurate, they're not meaningful, right? They're not actionable. They're looking backwards, not forward. And and they're frustrated. They're, they're upset because they work really hard and they're not making enough profit. And so Growth Force, I'm a CPA for 36 years. We do all the traditional things that you would expect, you know, the bookkeeping and accounting and a controller would do. But what's different is we do management accounting. We're trying to help you make data-driven decisions and be able to f- increase your profits. You know, that's why it's called Growth Force and not Stephen King CPAs. We're, it's designed to be able to help you live that American dream. You know, we, we got into business not to just grow the top line, but to rather be able to help build some value and some wealth and, and spread that wealth in your family and your, your workers and your community. That's really fantastic. I love that. And, and this episode is serving as a little bit of a, a, a financial planning one-two punch last week. 
we had Kathy Svetina on uh, in episode 215. I'll link that in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 216. Um, and so I think with the advice she's given and then uh, the things that we're going to talk about today, uh, I think our listeners will be very prepared for uh, improving their their financial situation. And so um, before we get into the pricing problem per se, uh, the first thing that we have that I have in, in my notes in this outline here is uh, data-driven decision-making. Uh, you mentioned that in, in your intro here. Um, how important... How important is that, not just uh, in your business necessarily, but when it comes to pricing? You know, I think most people probably look at competitors' pricing and just use that to start out, or maybe they just make up prices. Um, but but what? How important is the data-driven decision making, and and where does the data come from? It's the difference between success and failure. I mean, I can't overstate it more. You, if you, the, the time you spend on pricing will do more to increase your profitability than any single other use of time. And the, you know, the, the, the numbers are staggering. I'll answer the second part in a second about, you know, where does the data come from? Because that's really where the fun part is. And it's not hard. Um, but, you know, what's fascinating to me is, I, this is my third startup, right? We got 60 employees, and this is really the first time that I'm feeling like, ah, this is what that American dream feels like, right? I don't have to, I don't have to worry about, can I make payroll? I don't have to work nights and weekends just to be able to get all the work done because, you know, there, I figured out that you have to, it starts with getting the right mindset, right? There's pricing's complex, you know, it comes down to your relationship with money, which is often what your parents' relationship was with money. Mm -hmm. It's also about your own self-worth. You know, I started a CPA firm in the 80s. I left Ernst & Young. I was a manager of accounting system design, and I was billing $175 an hour at age 27. Wow. And, and this is in the 80s, right? So a long yeah. time ago. And I then started my own CPA firm and I was like, I'm worth $45 an hour. Yeah, I think a $45 is fair. And I, I was slammed. I was so busy that I had to hire people and, um, and they weren't as good as me. So I built them out at $35 an hour. And I, I realized decades later how that was all a function of my, me not understanding my own value. And what I didn't understand was that a small change in pricing would have had a profound impact on my, on my bottom line. I ended up giving up that firm. I turned it over to one of my college roommates, Danny Collins, and uh, he uh, took it on and did a better job with it than, than me. But the problem was that I didn't understand that the impact of discounting my rate had on profitability. You know, I, I do a lot of speaking. And one of the things I always ask is, have you ever been in a situation where sales rep comes in and they say, we're in a competitive bid here. I need to give 10% discount to be able to help close this deal. And, and we'll make it up in service or parts or referrals. And I, you, we've got people sitting on the bench. And if we can get this job, that'll improve our cash flow. We'll keep these people busy. We'll get the deposit check and everything will be solved. And the single biggest mistake that business owners make 
And I've served thousands of small businesses as a CPA. I've just come out of our sixth recession, right? Wow. The single biggest mistake that they make is they think they can sell their way to profits. And there's only three drivers to profits. You can grow your top line, you can increase your profit margin, or you can reduce your overhead, right? See so the top line, get better at your above the line or control your below the line. And the line is gross profit. What happens is when somebody comes in and says, okay, I need that 10% discount and you say yes. And until about a decade ago, I always said yes for all the reasons the sales rep said. In particular, let's get the deposit check and get the cash flow. That discounts what creates cash flow problems. Because all that discount does, that 100% of your discount comes out of the bank account. Because nothing else changes. The cost to serve the client is still the same. Your overhead is still the same. So the discount comes out of profits. This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free levels and free trials. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like drip out content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including ConvertKit and MailChimp, and integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. Since the Build Something Club rolled out earlier this year, you can bet it's using Restrict Content Pro, and I have used all of the things mentioned here in this ad read. I have created free levels. I've created coupons. Uh, I use ConvertKit, and I'm using it with BBPress for the forums. I'm a big fan of the team, and I know they do fantastic work. The plugin has worked extremely well for me, and I was able to get memberships up and running very quickly. Right now, they are offering a rare discount for How I Built It listeners only. 20% off your purchase when you use RCP How I Built It at checkout. That's RCP How I Built It, all one word. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site, head on over to howibuilt.it slash RCP. That's howibuilt.it slash RCP. Thanks to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. I think we see it everywhere, right? We see it in sales uh, or in, in products. We see it in services. Um, you know, I constantly wonder like how AppSumo, how companies on AppSumo, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of AppSumo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, I'm just like, what, uh, what are they doing? They're just getting users, right? Because they're probably going for venture capital or something, but um, you're devaluing your offering and uh, it doesn't, it doesn't create much benefit for you. Well, let's, let's side, let's do a, 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 a sideline on the venture capital world, right? So I raised 43 million in one of my businesses, a company called Virtual Growth, which was the same business I'm in right now, outsourced accounting over the web. But it was right when Netscape 1.0 came out in 1995. Mm -hmm. I saw this as a wide area network that I needed to solve the problems I had in my CPA firm. And um, the venture capitalists really only care about growing market share. 
you know, we were selling business that we had negative margins on. We were losing money on And they were like, don't worry about it. We'll automate it later. What we need to do now is we need to grow market share. We need to grow top line because you have to have a justification for a higher valuation on the next round and the next round. And so when you go, we raised 10 million our first round, and then we raised another 10 million, then we raised another 10 million. And as long as you are getting some sales traction, it didn't matter whether or not you had negative margins because the VCs want to make sure that we can keep funding the beast. And so, and that's, you know, that's a generalization. So, you know, they're not all focused just on, on, but you you can only get an exit if you're growing valuation of the business. Right. So, but if you're really trying to run a business and actually make money, the impact that discount has is staggering. You know, if you have a 30% margin, if you give a 10% discount, you have to sell 50% more sales at that discounted rate to make the same profit. If you have a 40% margin, you have to sell 33% more sales. You know, it's hard to do numbers on a podcast, but, you know, a simple example, if you got a $100,000 job and it's a 40% margin, if you give a 10% discount, well, the job was 100 grand. Normally, you'd have $60,000 of costs, so you could make 40% of gross profit margin. And if you give a 10% discount, that $100,000 then goes down by 10% to $90,000. You still have the $60,000 costs. So now, instead of $40,000, you've got $30,000 of profit, 33%, right, of the 90 grand. And I used to think, okay, 33% is better than 40, than zero, right? I'd rather not, I'd rather have people busy than sell, have them working at lower margins. But in order to make that $10,000 back up, I got to sell 33% more on that 90 grand. I got to sell $30,000 at that 33% discounted margin to make up the 10 grand. And I'm not suggesting you never give a discount. I I don't want listeners to say, okay, wait, you know, they don't understand. We've got, there's some good reasons why you want to give a discount. You might, you might be trying to keep a strategic competitor out of a relationship. You might have literally got excess capacity that doesn't cost you a dime. So you might as well get the 33% margins. And if it doesn't affect your brand, because you're doing shoddier work. Yes. If there's, if there's no opportunity cost. But that's not what most businesses have. There's always an opportunity cost. You know, we do service businesses and nonprofits. And service businesses have limited resources. You've got people. There's only so many billable hours in a day. And the mindset of thinking that I'm going to take that discounted price because some profit is better than others is what causes you to not hit your profit targets. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And and there's always an opportunity cost or anything like that. I had two thoughts as you were speaking there. Imagine if you as a full-time employee uh, had the, the discount passed along to your take-home pay, right? How pissed would you be at that? Like, yeah. uh, and... But as a business owner, you need to think about that, right? You're, you're lowering your take-home pay to get work. 
And maybe that's not the best place to spend your time. I recently, uh, I took on a client uh, pre-pandemic. I gave them a discount to win the business. And then they disappeared for the first, the year, the year, basically. And then they came back and they said, we're ready to get started again. Well, I've, I moved on. I raised my rates. Now I'm working at an even bigger discount. I ended up refunding them almost $2,000 because that refund, not having to spend the time on the project was uh, better than, than me spending time on a project I no longer had the bandwidth to do at a deeply discounted rate when I could have been out selling my done for you podcasting services or recording more episodes and getting sponsors for these shows. So yeah, um, that opportunity cost is really important. And it, you know, it also, you have to, what I, when you, you know, to answer your second question about what data do you look at? Well, the first thing that we suggest is, and this relates to, you know, your take home pay getting cut example. What the first thing we suggest is you got to start with profits, Put your profits first when you're trying to make a data-driven decision about pricing. What most people do is they say, okay, my industry average is to make a 50% margin, just to use a simple example, and it costs me 100, so I'm going to sell this for 200. And if you're happy with your profits, if you're happy with your net income, your, your bottom line profits, then that works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if you're not living that American dream, you know, well-run companies make 15 to 20% of the bottom line. Most of the businesses that we see, and I, I speak to thousands of business owners every single year. And, and what we do is in, our, our, in my data-driven decisions is I actually prepare a company scorecard for the people that I'm speaking to. I do Vistage speaking, so for the members. And I can see what the actual profits are for hundreds of businesses. And most businesses have less than 10% profits, 12% profits. And, and, you know, if you're in that 5 or 6%, that's why you have cash flow problems. There's not enough free cash flow to create, there's not enough profit to create free cash flow. And that's why we suggest you have to start with profits first. There's a great book by that title. What that means is, first thing you want to do is figure out how much money do we want to make? And do it as a percentage. You know, I'm, I'm talking to a company right now. It's a $6 million business that's making 2.8% profits, severe cash flow problems. The pet, COVID hit them really hard. They deal with uh, corporate clients. They're doing, you know, uh, technology installations, AV systems and automation and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, the corporate offices shut down. So they pivoted to the high end residential businesses and the high-end residential home builders are pretty good, but their real challenge was that there wasn't enough of that to keep their $6 million afloat. So they went into the regular residential and they're just, that's just, it's much more commodity driven. And, and so, so what we said was, well, how much profit do you want to make? And they said, we really want to get to 15% profit. Then what you do is you say, okay, great. Divide that profit target, right? In this case, you know, let's just use a million dollars round number. They've got a million dollars round profit target for the year. How many units are you going to do in a year? And these guys are doing billable hours, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got, mm-hmm. you know, you got, uh, you got uh, 50 employees. 
They're 80% utilized. So that means, you know, each person, you know, if there's 2,000 hours in a year, if they're 80% billable, that's 1,600 round number. And of those 50 billable staff, that means there's 83,000 hours in a year. And what you want to do is divide the target profit by the number of units, and this applies to every business. If you're in manufacturing, how many widgets are you going to ship? If you're doing, if you got retail, you know, how many SKUs, how many, if it's customers, how many jobs, whatever appears on an invoice is your unit. Whatever you're billing your customer for, that's what a unit is. Divide your target profit by your total number of units for the year. In this example, the 82,000 hours. And it comes up with a profit per unit. In this case, for them to make a million dollars in 80-something thousand hours, you need $12 of profit on each billable hour. Then you do the same thing with your overhead. You know, they've got $3.5 million in overhead, which is why they have less than 5% profit, right? They got a lot of overhead for a $10 million or a $6 million business. They divide that by the number of units, the overhead divided by the number of hours, and they have $42 of overhead per hour. Now you can see I, got, I need to have profit margins of $54 per widget, per unit, per job, whatever the widget is or the unit is, in this case, billable hour, I need $54 profit margin in order to cover my overhead and to generate a profit on each unit. Because if you don't have each unit cover its overhead, its share of the overhead, and hit your target 15% net profit, you can't make it up in volume. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast-paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or anyplace else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander snippet, it takes seconds. 
Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. I think this is really important for people to hear, right? Because you you do, well, uh, especially in the product business, right? You say, I'll just devalue my product and I'll sell more products, right? My online courses have no overhead, except they do, right? Because I have to support my students. I have to market the course. If I sell my $200 course for $20, now I am hemorrhaging money because I don't actively see the cost, right? Like the cost right. isn't necessarily coming out of my wallet. Right. And the thing here is, you know, you, where do you, the way you figure out how to get that price to get your $200 or, you know, in this case, they needed to get to $100 an hour right? Because they're paying somebody, you know, 50 bucks an hour. So they got to cover that, you know, 52 in overhead and profit. So they, you know, you have to figure out who's your ideal client. You have to figure out where do you add the most value? And the riches are in the niches. The more narrow the focus, the better. You know, you're a marketing guy, right? You know, you can't, not all clients are created equal. And we do, we, we focus on project-based service businesses. And that's a real narrow, it's not just service businesses, right? Mm -hmm. We're not doing medical practices and we're not doing, you know, um, a car washes, right? That's a service. We're doing project-based service businesses because that's where we know that we can help people make more money. And so instead of talking about compliance, you know, bookkeeping to make sure that the bills are paid and make sure that the ta- as a CPA to make sure the tax return is right. We're able to have a conversation with the ideal client about increasing your bottom line. And that's what justifies our value. What, what I love is, you know, how, since we started doing that, we raised our prices because we had limited staff and we, instead of when you're about to hire somebody is the time to look at pricing. Right. You know, I, I, I have these, uh, five decisions that increase profits. And the most important one is pricing. The second decision after you get pricing right is which clients should you reprice, rescope, or fire? Because not all clients are created equal. And if you've got your serving clients, if you can replace your low margin clients with high margin clients, the difference goes right into your bank account. Your costs don't change. So it's the opposite of discount. The impact of discounts is really severe. The impact of price increases. Or or sometimes you can't increase somebody's price because their budget is limited. Then you can change the scope. When you price the job, you were expecting a certain margin because you had a certain scope. A lot of businesses are really not good at scope creep. I call it time leakage right? Time that you're paying for that you're not getting paid for. And it happens all the time. In service businesses, what do we, who do we hire? We hire servants. I'm a servant. 
I love serving small businesses. I'm passionate about it. My employees are passionate about it. That's why we recruit them. They have those behaviors and core values. But when the client calls up and says, hey, can you change the chart of accounts, generate a new report? Can you do this? Yes, I would love to because the thinking is, if I make you happy, then my boss will be happy. And if my boss is happy, then I'll get raises and I'll get promotions and everybody will be happy. And that's absolutely true as long as the company makes money. And what we see in this, in this uh, AV company that we're talking about, we had a call with them yesterday, their challenge is scope creep. They have 25% of their jobs, they're over, built, over hours right now. They're looking in Zoho and they can see the hours right now. And what happens is if you go back to those clients and you give them three options, right? There's a great book here, um, a pricing book. I have it on my shelf. I want to to give the author credit, Ron Baker, okay? So Ron Baker wrote a book on value pricing. And what he said was, you give the client three options. You can either increase the fee to reflect the value that you're currently getting, or I need to reduce my scope based on your budget and I can stay within your budget, or I need to transition you to another service provider. And the reason you give them options is because then they're in control. They're starting to compare you versus you with a higher price or you with a lower scope. And people need three options to feel like they're in control. And by doing that, we found over 85% of the time, the clients are going to stay with you because if you do good work, nobody wants to change service providers. And that extra cash is the difference between living that American dream, and struggling to survive. This episode is brought to you by Mindsize. Look, it's super important for stores to have an online presence these days. If customers can't buy online, they might not buy at all. And while doing e-commerce fast has gotten easier, doing e-commerce right still has its considerable challenges. That's where Mindsize comes in. They are a full-service digital agency that focuses on WordPress and WooCommerce development. But that's not all. They work with Shopify, BigCommerce, and more. And they'll work with you to create the perfect strategy and website for your business. Already have an e-commerce site and want to make sure it's up and running in tip-top shape? Their flat rate site audit is exactly what you need. Over the course of two weeks, they'll dive into every aspect of your site and deliver a prioritized list of actionable recommendations to make your site even better. That means more sales and engagement for you and your store. Or if you're a freelancer or agency who feels in over your head with an e-commerce build, their agency support plan is built specifically for you. There were a few times in my career where I really could have used that. They'll take a high-stress situation and help you relax while still delivering for your client. So check out Mindsize over at Mindsize.com today. They will help you make more money, whether you need an e-commerce store, whether you need to improve your current e-commerce store, or if you build e-commerce stores for others. That's Mindsize.com, M-I-N-D-S-I-Z-E.com. Thanks so much to Mindsize for supporting the show. You're you're 100% right. Um, 
with with scope creep and and value pricing. I read a, a great book called The Imagineering Way. I'm a big Disney fan, uh, and they talk about projects. Um, you can either frame them as no because no, because you're not paying me enough, which no client wants to hear or yes, if, right? So I can do this. Yes, I can do this. If we can increase the budget, if we can eliminate this part of the project and add this one instead and, and have them prioritize because, um, because you're right. Our time is extremely valuable. Um, and, uh, and you want to surprise and delight your clients but yeah. you don't want, you won't be able to surprise and delight anybody if, if you're not making ends meet. Yeah, you, you said it so well. And you know that, that we started by saying you have to have the right mindset, right? This is about your own relationship with money and, and, the, and your security and confidence in building what you're worth. And what I have found, and, and I've been doing this for 35 years, what I have found is when you have data, when you can look at a profitability by customer, by job, by team, by department, by location, by whatever you're looking at. What that does is it takes the emotions and the fears out of it. You now can sit there and say, okay, in order for us to hit our target profit, if we want to make a million dollars in profit and you, and you really want to make that, when you're faced with a decision about do I give a discount or not, if you have the data to do that and the sales reps understand we're going to have to sell 33% more sales to make up that 10 grand of lost profits. They'll stop giving it away. I also suggest that your sales commissions should be based on gross profit margin, not top line sales. One of the other mistakes that people make is they reward their salespeople based on sales, <laughs> right? What do you, what, what? It's in the job description. You have to generate sales. But if you, if you're in, if your commissions are based on margins. And if the sales rep is able to uncover opportunities for enhanced margin and they make more money, now you've got everybody focusing on the single most important number on any income statement, any industry, any size company, any part of the country, gross profit percentage. And the reason why gross profit is more important than net profit is because gross profit creates net profit. And, and the, business, the average person in a company, you know, the, the service provider working on the client or the sales rep selling the job or the project manager who's running the job, they can't control overhead. They can only control the above the line cost. They can only really control the gross profit. And so if you sell it right and the, everybody's aligned around getting the right number, then you're going to find the behaviors will change. And, you know, gross profit, if you take one trade secret away here, Gross profit percentage is the single most important number on any statement because gross profit creates net profit. It's why the sharks on Shark Tank always ask, how much do you sell it for and how much does it cost you to make? They're doing a percentage calculation because they know that gross profit creates net profit. I love that. Gross profit creates net profit. Uh, so remember that, those of you listening, if it takes you nine hours to do something, and your hourly rate is $100 an hour, is 900 bucks enough for you to make the profit you want to make? Uh, and if someone's not willing to pay you $100 an hour, they're probably not worth having as a client. They don't see the value. You're not serving the right person. And they're not the ideal client. And, and the way you figure out who your ideal client profile is, 
look at your job profitability reports, you can go into QuickBooks and add a custom field called industry, job type, customer type, whatever way you want to slice and dice your profitability reporting. And now look at, in this company yesterday, are, are corporate clients more profitable than residential clients? Okay, yes. And if, if residential client is not as profitable, are all residential clients the same? No. Uh, custom home builders turned out to be better. Okay, well, put a job type field in there. So you have an industry, residential, and then a job type, home builder, commer- uh, custom home builder, and start to slice and dice your, ind- your customer profitability based on the decisions you're trying to make. So, you know, I was a manager of accounting system design at Ernst & Young in the, er, in, the, er, in the 80s. And I learned there that what the big boys do, the wildly successful Fortune 1000 companies do is they start with the decisions you're trying to make. And then work backwards from there to figure out what are the drivers of the decisions. And then you figure out what data should come out of your accounting system. What, and QuickBooks has got 88% market share because it's so powerful. But most business owners only use it to pay bills and make deposits and produce a P&L. But you could customize this really easily to do profit and loss by industry, profit and loss by marketing campaign. Wow. You try to figure out, do I get more leads from podcast, whether or not our SEO Put a field in the accounting system that says lead source and just drop down. What's sales profit or loss by sales rep? We had five sales reps in this company yesterday. One sales rep had, a, had mit, hit their 60% profit margin on every job. Only one. Now you study that one. What's different? How are they selling you as value? And the rest are selling as a commodity. Love that. That's fantastic. Now we... Uh... We have been chatting for a while. We're coming up on time here. Uh, in in Build Something More for the members, I do want to ask you about what it was like being a CPA in the multiple recessions, as you mentioned early on. So we'll get a little, a few extra cool. minutes on that if you're if you're willing. Uh, but before we wrap up here, I do want to, uh, you gave us a trade secret. Maybe we can do uh, one or two. Let's say someone's listening. Like, man, I really need to change my pricing. What are what are the first two steps they should take in uh, changing and optimizing their pricing? Great question. So it's really easy. You you, you know once you you, you gotta ha- you gotta allocate your labor costs, right? Intuit payroll and Insperity payroll, and this Insperity is a outsourced HR company. Those two companies have this fully automated that when you run the payroll, it'll allocate the labor costs above the line, direct labor to the customer in the job or below the line to overhead. It'll allocate it to departments and profit centers or services and products and post that back inside QuickBooks. And now you can see profitability by customer, by job, by product and service or department or team. And you want to study the ones that have the most profits. What's, what's unique about them? What industry are they in? Where, why were we able to get the value that we deserve? And get the because we got the profit margin we where we deserve right what we need to hit then obviously we're adding value because people are willing to pay for it. What's common about those? It's like you know I'm, I'm lousy at golf, but my dad always used to say when you hit the ball right, study that swing and forget all the others, and look at a job profitability report and see which customers are hitting our target profit margins, which customers are covering their fair the overhead share their fair share of the overhead, and generating the fifteen percent profit. And then you can figure out how do I go out and get more that look like that. 
That's fantastic. Uh, I This has been absolutely great, um, Stephen. I really appreciate your time. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, where can they find you? Well, you can stop by and visit us virtually on our website, www.growthforce.com. That's G-R-O-W-T-H-F-O-R-C-E.com. Um, I'm also, and we'll, we have lots of uh, resources and happy to offer helpful advice and answer any questions. Uh, we got a chat box on there. You can reach me at Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, at growthforce.com or LinkedIn. I'm Stephen King CPA. All right. I will include all of that and more in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 216. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Text Expander, Research Content Pro, and MindSize. They make the show possible. Thank you, of course, to Stephen for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Joe. If you want to get more of this conversation, you can sign up for the Build Something Club over at buildsomething.club for just five bucks a month. You will get bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, access to a community, and so much more. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. Something.